Justin, I like. I, I hope this isn't too much of an intimate detail about my life. But I, I want to talk about this because I made a purchase and it changed, it's changed my life here. Okay. Did you get a bidet finally? Okay, no, but it's, it's in the same sort of okay, realm. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not that far <laughs> off. Basically, like, after having done this, I'm kind of like one step away from buying a bidet, you know, um, which, which I have meant to, by the way. It's worth it. <laughs> like that has sort of been on my, yes, that's sort of been on my list of things that I should, I should invest in. Um, no, I bought a double like i guess i don't know how to like describe this like this succinctly i mean it's like a double shower head okay yeah we're basically like i've got the one shower head that like comes at you regular style and then i bought basically like a pole with a tube in it that connects to the shower to the first shower head and then like connects to the other side of the wall what it has a second shower head on, on the other so side of the wall on the other side of the wall so i made it it's was a double shower in my shower now Okay, well, a lot of questions are happening here. Justin, ask me anything. Was it AMA. a self-install situation? Yep. I so, did this myself in about two minutes. And it's just like a, a pole that like goes from one to the other, or is it like a tube? Like, What is exactly is that made out of that's connecting the two halves? It's all metal. It's like steel. I, I got You can get like different colors of it, but I got like the, just like the silver sort of like steel coloring, where basically it is like just a like a shower curtain rod essentially that like goes all the way to the top that they just like is at the very top of my shower that has, it's like hollow, but it's metal. And there's like a shower. There's like additional like shower piping that essentially like connects to a widget that connects to the shower head that I installed. And then it, all the way on the other side of it connects to an additional shower head. And when you say it goes all the way over, what do you mean? Like all the way over. So when I, so like if I am facing the, sh the, the first shower head that is like spraying me, right? Like the regular shower head. Okay. There's another shower head 180 degrees behind me. Behind so like totally, you? Yeah. So it's basically like I've got, a, I've got two shower heads, one on each side of the wall. Okay. So I, I guess my next question is what is the use case for this? Well, it makes it so that if, again, not to be too intimate about my life here, but <laughs> if you're showering with another person, um, no one's cold. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, that, yeah, that does make sense. Um, that said, I took my first shower in it solo today. I, I've only had it for two days. So there was a, 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 this is my first solo shower this morning in this thing. And I was assuming, oh, cause oh, also there's like a, like a, um, like a crank kind of thing that you can set like which where the water comes out of, you can make it only come out of one of the, either of the, the shower heads. Yep. You just sent me the link and that is exactly what it is. It's that's a tandem the, shower. That's head. the one you got. Yep. Okay. Um, so you, you can adjust it so that water comes out of I, only one of the shower heads. So you can make it on either the first one or the second one, or you can make it come out of both. And I was assuming like, well, when I shower alone, I'll just keep that, keep that bad boy coming out of just one of these things. Um, no. Cause when you shower in that by yourself, you're just surrounded by warmth. Just water on all sides. It's a delight. I, mean, I can't recommend it enough. You know, I was going to say it honestly. It, it's like it probably is servicing just as good as a bidet at a certain point. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting blasted. I don't mean to be cruel. Like I, I'm just, I, it's, it's incredible. Um, okay. What is the name of this company that I bought this from? Yes, you, you ask a question. It's a tandem shower. How did you, how did you f like find this was a thing? 
Instagram ads, baby. Okay. <laughs> You've been targeted. You've been <laughs> oh, yeah. Targeted. Oh, that is so specifically me. Um, so so this is a company called Buna at Buna.com. That's B-O-O-N-A.com. Um, this is where I bought this from. They basically just sell these things, and that's it. Um, and let me say I'm a happy customer here. Um, it's fantastic. It's very, very easy to set up. Uh, for a dummy like me who, like, should not handle pipes or any sort of, like, like, uh, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't work on the inside of things. Let me say it like that. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this was such an easy setup for me. But um, could not recommend this enough. And it's a, it's a little pricey, I will say. I got the two shower heads. You can uh, you can install it with the shower head you currently have, but I wanted to get both because I wanted them to be the, the same set. sort of like. Yeah, you want yeah. it nice and fresh. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll tell you this. As you look this up, this is $300. So this was this was an investment an investment that my girlfriend did not necessarily when I pitched it to her think that this would be a good um uh <laughs> purchase <laughs> but it's got the full approval i i'm going to be honest when you first started explaining this i literally just thought you had like a like one of those like duo shower heads that has the shower massager and the other thing and i thought this was like a big deal i was like i mean yeah no, no. Uh, although i used the shower massager for the first time in my whole life oh um, when i was on vacation two weeks ago or three weeks ago never never been in a shower that had one. Oh, um, yeah yeah it, it's great but, uh, great for bathing dogs let me tell you that oh i bet i yeah. bet you just get right get get down on there but um I didn't like I said it like that, but I was referring to the dog. Justin. No, I got it. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, again, like, like, I, I, I had to talk about this because I like I can't. First of all, I can't recommend this enough to anyone who's interested. But I also like can't say like it's just very good. <laughs> and if you feel that maybe you've like if, if you have ever showered with another person and you are like maybe looking for it, maybe it's like cold. You know, well, you have to like take turns, take turns no longer. You know, I'm tandem pictu- shower. I'm picturing you installing this in like a like a small like phone booth like shower, like a square one. <laughs> it's like well, you're getting it. So we've actually we've got two bathrooms here. We've got two showers. One's like a shower and a bathtub, right? And then one's just like a, a phone booth a shower, shub. like what you're talking about. Um, and we were trying to figure out which one to do it in. We did it in the bigger one with the bathtub because that's the one that we use primarily. But um, it, that was almost the case, Justin. Um, I mean, what works works, you know. It, I, and, and it does. So there you go. <laughs> the tandem shower by Buna. Um, get it. Can we get? We could definitely get sponsored by these guys. Oh, we could get the Buna. We could. We could do a Buna review. We could review the Buna tandem shower. Okay. Then, then I then I take everything I said back. Don't listen to this if you're Buna. <laughs> so yeah. uh, Buna, we'll talk we'll say nicer things once once i use the product really we i would do an all i would do an episode in the shower where we record sort of soothe, well yeah, we could just put like a like a plastic bag around our stuff our setup that's be what i'm fine. saying yeah that works that works right can you imagine this audio quality of that <laughs> one <laughs> the whole time um can you imagine what that would do to our discord call oh man <laughs> there would be we just couldn't hear each other at all. nah nah no, no, no. Get yourself a Buna. <laughs> we're, sponsor, we're sponsored now. I'm making it happen. It's Headbox.
on, everyone? Welcome back to Hitbox, episode number 162. Do you remember, Justin, when I tried to get us a Dots Pretzels sponsorship? Oh, yeah, and they just, they... They denied me. Yeah, they are like, how, how many viewers? And then... <laughs> so they said that we needed at least a 1,000 followers. Um, and I was, like, hoping that maybe I could, like, twist it as, like, my personal Twitter account, because I'm almost to 1,000, you know? But at, at, this was before I was verified on Twitter as well. Yeah. I feel like if I had reached out at that point... I think I could have got. I think I could have made it happen. But like, I don't think they understand. We didn't need to be paid in anything. Maybe a bag of Dots pretzels just to like. Send, but, they, but they like send people bags all the time. I know. Like, that's all they I've needed seen it to on do. Their Instagram. Like, yeah. just send it to so us. We hell? would spot. We would. We would. Every episode brought to you by Dots pretzels. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, my name is Peter Hunspatek, and joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host Justin Makovich. Justin, how are you? How are things? I did you, it. Do you? Are you? You got a tandem shower in your shopping cart right now no i don't i don't that i don't know if that would necessarily be i want one of those rainhead showers that like comes from the ceiling Ooh, yeah. you know what i mean oh, you get yeah. some like cool like lights glowing on top of you it makes you feel like you're just in the rainforest some of that might be nice though if you've ever been in one of those tubs or the showers it like drips in your eyes really uncomfortably so you it's like awkward because it comes straight down there's not <laughs> yeah. an angle to it yeah, yeah. it's just, like dripping um, so I haven't, you know, I didn't buy any of that stuff, but, um, I think I teased this on our last episode. I mowed my lawn. Oh yeah. How did for that the go? first time this weekend? Let me tell you, um, not great. Uh, oh. I thought it would be pretty easy to set up that lawnmower. I thought it'd be nice and easy to do it. Um, but I couldn't get it started. And I'm like in the front yard, the sun was bleeding upon my neck and I was like trying to like start it, but I was like pulling the cord because I went for a gas one. I was pulling it and it wasn't starting. And like it was getting locked in. I couldn't pull it more. Um, so then I'm like assessing the situation. And then I met one of my neighbors for the first time because he said that uh, he looked like I looked like I needed help. And his wife <laughs> sent him over to help me. Um, oh, that's brutal. I'm so sorry, man. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he he said he was in his comfies and he got dressed to help. Oh, that's really nice. How old was this guy? 72. So. Okay. 72 and, um, I mean, a nice guy. Uh, Did he get it? Do you guys get it working? Well, I was like on the path to getting it working right when he came over. So he's <laughs> oh, like, sucks. he's like, so dude, he he's like, right. So he changed his outfit just to help me out. And then I'm sitting there like ready to pull it. And then I felt pretty bad that he did that. But we had, we had a nice uh, neighborly catch up. But I've been introduced to something brand new in a neighborhood. And that is the suburban dad club. Um, because oh. the second you go out and you start doing yard work outside, ev- the, the the dads just come ev- from yeah. everywhere, and they just start to like gather around you and like introduce themselves and all that yeah. good stuff. Um, so like, I'm a kind of person who I want to get the yard done in like an hour and be out of yeah. there. But like when you're meeting people, it just became like it was like a four hour process of all because it like invite you like you're saying it invites them over. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like it's like I'm the free now. Club. I'm not doing a Daddy chore. Daddy Magovich, no. We're the grass, the grass daddies, I guess. <laughs> okay, this is all bad. This is all bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the mowing thing was fine um, enough. I mean, I, it's a chore, like you said, was relaxing. I'm not looking forward to that because I just get this stress about like, am I going the right way? Am I doing it the right way? Am I optimizing my path right now? Yeah, and it's tough too if you if you like know that you have the eyes of the of the grass dads yeah. sort of on you at all times. Like yeah. I imagine that that is stressful. Yeah, and like you know they um, know better because every the one thing I, you can guarantee in life is a grass daddy. They have an opinion about. <laughs> 
they have an opinion about how to mow that grass. Oh, they do. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. Uh, and so, yeah, that was not super fun for me. Um, but uh, we also had a couple of bug infestations oh, um, that I had to I'm deal sorry. with. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the name of them it was. Uh, it's not a June bug. Oh, it's Are a, they like a, the stink a, bugs? Is it a box elder? It's a box elder bug. So we're gonna we're gonna type the box elder bug. Oh, in I've there. seen these friends. I know. I've seen First of all, doesn't that like sound like a guys. like a like a Dark Souls boss? It's the box elder beetle. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's actually good. I like that. Um, so yeah, it's a box elder, and um, I'm showing this picture on the internet. I just typed it into Google. It's like one of these, like it's a clump of them. Eesh. And we had a clump of them in several places across the house. They're harmless bugs, except for the their bugs. And it's just you don't want just, you're not you're not living in a bug house. And they were hanging all over the entryway. Um, it was mm. to the point when I knew, noticed it was a problem, and my wife was like, "I was going to decorate the porch today." And I was like, "I don't know if that's going to happen today." Um, so yeah. I, I had to spray them. But then there got some to be on the roof, so I had to get on the roof of my house. Now, Peter, oh nice. I don't like heights. Sure, I'm not a fan of the heights. Um, so I got up on the roof and we live in a split level. So like the first level is just like a 10 foot ladder. I got up on, it was fine enough. Um, but still like a little bit intimidating. Then I got up to the second level and those spraying the, the gutter and stuff. Um, but like, I don't know how people get from the roof back onto the ladder. I, I must've looked like the most uncoordinated <laughs> person as I'm sitting there with my big tub of insect killer in one hand. And I'm trying to like straddle the ladder without like falling and falling to my death. Um, as I was doing this, but, and you know that the grass dads are watching. Oh yeah. They're like, and, and they're just and, like, and it's that, that, that guy's wife is like, he needs some help. Hold the ladder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now that I know that that's a, a thing to, to be worried about. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a big adjustment period owning a house, a lot of bugs to deal with. Um, a lot of, I found a slug, like a little slug. Oh, it's like not, a slug. not an, it was, I was on like inside your house. Well, I, we went for a hot tub dip, a dip in the, in the hot mm-hmm. tub yeah. and I, it's essentially the same by the way as the, the tandem shower head. Yeah, kind of, kind of, except, yeah. except, okay. Side story before I get to the slug, it's almost so big that like when, She's on one end and I'm on the other end and the bubbling's going. You gotta like talk really loud to like hear each other. So you're like shouting, but um, did you guys buy the house because it had the hot tub? Um it that would have been a big thing for me. Let me just say when we first looked at the house, we were happy it was there, but we didn't expect it to stay. Yeah. But it stayed. And Uh, she oh she stayed. Yeah, and it's it's worth it. Yeah. Um, big slug though. A big slug. So it, I put my like uh, shirt down when I went in the hot tub, and I came back in the house, and I was like looking at it. And I was like, "What is this? Is like a like a stone or something? Like what's on my shirt?" Uh-oh. So I pick it up, and I was like, "I think it's moving. Like I think it's moving a little bit." And then it like unfurled because it was like curled up into my hand, yeah. and I was like, "How do I get rid of this? What do I do with How this?" How big was it? Uh, it was like you know a pill bug. Yeah. It was okay, like so it was pretty small. Yeah, but like oh, okay. It's not like it's, it's not what you want. It's not what I wanted, and it was yeah. like I didn't know what to do with it. Like, what was I going to do with it? I'm not going to like. I didn't want to throw it back outside because it would find its way back. It'd bring its friends. It's like it's nice in here. We're going to bring it in. <laughs> so sure, then I'm like, sure. then like, how do we get rid of it? Like, I don't want to squish it. That seems rude. We've like had a relationship. We've looked at it. We've talked to it, and yeah. then we just ended up flushing it down the toilet. And then oh, once I I thought it was a good way to go. You know, that's what the that's, <laughs> so. But then I looked like up. I was like, can can slugs survive? Like, can they survive underwater? Turns out they can't. 
So I guess I guess that's part one. We'll hear about part two next week. Justin, I want to talk to you about video games. Is that okay? I love hearing about the about the house about Dad Dadkovich. Dadkovich. I like it. I'm just saying. I know people like hearing us talk about video games. Uh, Here's a preview of what's coming up in the news. We've got Jim Ryan announces his departure from PlayStation. The Kotor remake trailers mysteriously disappear, and Fortnite V Bucks prices are going up. We're going to talk about all of those headlines and more. Before we do, Justin. I want to remind our listeners that they can join us on Discord. The link to that is in the description of this episode. Um, if they want to support us monetarily, they can hop on over to patreon.com slash hitboxpod, become a $1 podcast producer, or a $3 deluxe podcast producer. Um, those deluxe podcast producers will join the ranks of Jay Noel and Dave Parker and receive an additional 30-minute bonus episode every single week. Um, We've got like 65 bonus episodes on there right now. So if you are interested, $3 a month for that. If you can't support us there, all good. Follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod and rate this episode, uh, I guess the show rather, on your podcast player of choice. Justin, can we go to the Metacritic Roundup? Let's do it. Metacritic Roundup. All right, we got three things in the Metacritic Roundup currently. Um, the first one is, I think, the big heavy hitter of the um, week. It's Cocoon. Cool. This game is um, from some of the people who worked on Limbo and Inside. I don't remember which ones. Um, I know that the studio that did those games broke off. Like, the two guys who founded it broke off, and one did Somerville, and then the other did Cocoon. Um this is scoring pretty favor- favorably. It's currently only scored on PC. It's got an 89, um, which is pretty solid, but it's going to be coming to Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, PS5, PS4, and Nintendo Switch, and I believe it is out right now. Yes, it is. Um, I think it's on Game Pass as well. Am I wrong? Did I make that up? Um, uh, if, I might have made that up. If it is, that's pretty cool. I'll, I'll, I'll confirm while we're talking about it. Um... But this this game looks kind of neat, uh, scoring really really well actually here. Um, but it's, it's kind of like a puzzle game, but you are a bug that sort of like you, you transform over over the game. I think right. What what is your take on this? Um, so it is available on on Game Pass September 29th. So yes, it's available on Game Pass. But puzzle platformer. Uh, I hear uh, one of the complaints about it is that it's a short shorter game. But let me Come tell on, you, get out of here. Let me tell you something. In, in this, 2023, in this fucking I don't care. Year, if in this year, I don't care. the fact that it's, it's a sh- even if they tell me it's eight hours, I'm like that is lengthy. <laughs> in fact, in fact, shorter game is what I want. Yeah, um, give it to me. But uh, I so I first for whatever reason I had the 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 thought that this was similar to um, uh, Hollow Knight. I thought that's what it kind of was. I mean the bug theme oh. kind of like with that, but it's not. It's like yeah. it's a puzzle three no. D platformer exploring. Still like bosses. I don't think there's specific combat, but there's at least level bosses that you have to deal with. If I'm correct, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know, it just looks unique. It looks fun. And it has that uh, that perfect uh, mix of it being interesting and it being on Game Pass, with the exception of there's a million GD things that are out right now. I know. I meant to play Venba. That game was like an hour, right? <laughs> yeah, and it was the best <laughs> the best game. Game of the year. It was an hour. It was good. It was playable. Game of the year. You heard here first, folks. I've been trying to get, I've been trying to play Venba for like two months, but I can't. I just haven't found time. So like let's see if I can get Cocoon in, but um 
I mean, this scored really well, 89. Like that's oh no, that is that's pretty that solid. Is, like that's flipping impressive. I mean, um, I, I it's just what a year for games. Like I keep saying this just a year a year for games. Anywhere you look, any genre you look, there's a game for you. Yeah. Have you been? Uh, are you a fan of these sorts of like? 3d platformer puzzlers yeah because it's it's like not like limbo necessarily or at least it doesn't look like it um but i imagine it's got to have some of that shared dna right of like the, the that same sort of like interesting puzzle design and whatever else yeah i mean i think the sweet spot to me would be a game um uh, one of my favorite games it was <laughs> that i can't remember Uh-oh. uh death's door um i really oh, enjoyed yeah, yeah. that game because it was not so much a puzzly platform game but it was like uh I guess it was kind of like a Metroidvania-ish almost in terms of its... To me, it was like a Zelda kind of thing yeah. where like the different abilities unlock different areas within the um, the dungeons. Yeah. You know what I mean? But and those puzzles were interesting enough, but it, yeah. Like those puzzles were good and then the combat was just good enough to like get me yeah. through it and want to play it. I feel like Zelda usually lacks on the combat side of things. Um, so this one looks like it would be up my alley um, mm-hmm. But it doesn't look like it has that combaty, combaty stuff with it. But it does have like the dungeons that you're going through, and it looks like each dungeon has its own kind of like unique uh, mechanic behind it that kind of leads to that boss fight, which is kind of cool. So um, yeah, I definitely think this game is up my alley for sure. Yeah, I uh, now I'm trying to think. So here's the here's the deal. I told you this that like I found out for work I'm going to be playing Assassin's Creed, Spider Man, and Alan Wake this month. So that's like a game a week. Cool. But I'm like trying to think like, when am I going to play? Like, I, cause I want to play this. I do. I, cause I like I like an indie. I'm going to talk about an indie later, you know? Um, what? Oh, I had to stop myself from saying indies nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked right into it cause I asked you to. I, I, I was like, I'm going to censor myself. I'm going to censor myself. <laughs> dang, dang. Um, well done. Well played. But, uh, cocoon. There you go. I'm a, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, kind of interested in this and the fact that it scored so well um makes makes me even more interested it's the sort of thing too where like um somerville didn't score particularly well from remembering not like terribly but it was like like low 70s i think um on metacritic and so like that is enough for me during a busy year to not play you know to, to have people go like y- you've played something like this before but better but for something like this that's scoring pretty well and, and people are talking about like how excellent it's um, visuals are and and its puzzles puzzle designs are like that that's the sort of thing and for me um was somerville on game pass it was oh and that's well. the thing like it was the other thing where like i could have played it but I, I didn't um but cocoon so there you go i'll uh, i may i might we'll see what this week looks like i might have thoughts on that for you next week yeah i'll I'll, um, I'll try to play it but i get it. i have the big hitters still left to play um if i don't finish this year playing resident evil 4 dead space um spider-man oh, yeah. and Baldur's yeah. gate i will feel like i've failed myself because i feel like all those games i need to play even if i don't ultimately think resident evil 4 is going to be the game for me i think it's going to be better than resident evil 4 the one i hate Hates a strong word. Oh, the remake? Yeah. You don't really like the remake that much? No, 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 no. Uh, I, know, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And that's the other thing, too, right? Of, like, just being able to, like, get a taste of, of some of the things that people are saying are the best of the year. You know, the whole, the bit, the really, to be honest, the really big thing for me is Baldur's Gate. Mm. But, like, I just don't know when I'm going to play it. But I'm uh, so like, afraid. In November. What's what's coming out in November? Game. Ugh, Call of Duty. Releases 2023. <laughs> that's fine. Um... 
I, I think Persona Tactica, but that's not going to be like a full. That's going to be a whole thing. Well, how much was Persona Strikers? That was another 40 hour game. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, like a Dragon Gaiden. I'm not going to play that. No, I don't think I will. Um, Super Mario RPG. I won't play. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just Persona Five Tactics. Oh really shit! I want to play Super Mario Wonder too. Oh my god! What is oh, this happening? Shit! That's right. Ugh. That's coming out. Th- Ugh. Well, god. maybe. May- I think what I'm trying to say is November and December might be the time for Baldur's Gate for me because there's just not that much like big stuff. And then also, I mean, in December there's nothing. It's just Avatar, <laughs> which. <laughs> I don't, hey, know, I don't know about all that. <laughs> don't don't knock it till you try it. You know what I'm, I mean. I'm not. I'll say this. I'm not knocking it, but I am not wanting to uh, try it. I I'm gonna be interested in what reviews for that game are like. Um, oh, Lords of the Fallen is this is this month too. That one's been out for a while though, right? Uh, no, that's Lords of the Fallen. Oh, got it. Great, got it. Yeah, no, it I'm makes, talking about Lords of the Fallen. Got it. No, that makes sense. I, yeah. I see. My mistake. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 okay. Common common mistake. Uh, next game here, though, in the Metacritic roundup is El Paso Elsewhere. Are you familiar with this game, Justin? Not at all. This is an indie. Uh, this is an indie third-person shooter that is very um, Max Payne-esque. It's got the bullet time. It's got the like diving, your dual wielding uh, pistols, and all that. Um, this game is like, to be honest, like right up my alley in terms of its like pitch. Um, let me see. Is there like you know how Metacritic? Oh, summary here it is. Um, this is the like Metacritic summary, um, um, for this game somewhere in El Paso, Texas, a three story motel gained another 46 stories all below ground. So yeah, this is going to get loud. El Paso elsewhere is a supernatural neo-noir third person shooter hunt werewolves, fallen angels, and other damned creatures in a vivid slow motion love letter to action classics. Fight your way through the reality shifting motel floor by bloody floor. Save the victim victims of Dracula Lee, Lord of vampires, destroy the villain you loved. Even if it means dying yourself, basically your ex-girlfriend is a Dracula and you are there to go kill her and, and kill all the monsters in this hotel. Yep. Um, yep. I, I don't know. Like, like I, I, this game looks great. Uh, it's got this kind of, it's got this like low poly sort of aesthetic to it, but like it just, it looks really, really crisp. Um, and it's got all that bullet time stuff that I, that I like that also seems to have disappeared in, in recent years. Like, but. like I clearly see the max Payne vibes to it, but one of them yeah. I see a lot of in this is control. Like I see a lot of that yeah. kind of like creepiness, um, and I'm just looking at some like the visuals and they have a lot of reality bending looking like backgrounds and weird things happening to it. So I don't know. It looks it looks quite interesting. Um, uh, did you play an airport made for aliens and dogs or something like that? <laughs> no. You know what I'm talking about? No, it's called an airport made exclusively. Wait, hold on a second. Um, Metacritic changed, so I'm having a hard time navigating it a little bit. Um, there is... I think the publisher of this game, or maybe the developer, um, made the game an airport for aliens run exclusively by dogs. <laughs> it's a weird little indie game. It's not like this, but the guy he's on Twitter, and I follow him. Um, he's cool. Uh, and it uh, looks like this game is significantly better. Uh, significantly different, let's say. Well, I mean, <laughs> um, it's got a 64, which is... Eh. Yeah, that game was like a very low. It was like an art piece, kind of like, like all of the dogs were just like JPEGs. You know what I mean? Of dogs that like turn as you turn around them, so that you're facing them at all times and stuff like that. It was kind of a weird like experience, uh, intentionally. So, but have, um, have you ever seen a dog that wasn't a JPEG? 
uh, in real life. Is yeah. that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen dogs, sure. That's not a JPEG. Yeah, plenty of them. Oh, this looks like like a dating sim, except with cute little dogs. Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. Um, I think that was also on Game Pass. Uh, this is not, though, I don't think. Um, but uh, it, it is quite good. It is on PC. Sorry, did I say it scored an 81 on PC? It is unscored on Xbox Series S and Xbox One, but it is on both platforms there. Um, so that's El Paso Elsewhere. Uh, this is one of those games that, that also looks pretty good. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have time to check this out, but uh, Pe- I, would lo- I would love to eventually. Peter, I have to play this game. Why? I it just I just need not the dog one. Okay, El Paso. Why? It's like all my interests in one. It really is. I yeah. mean, like, like, and I bet it's pretty short too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, I bet it's short and sweet. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um. Last game in the Metacritic roundup is Disney Speedstorm, a game that I didn't know existed until um what about half an hour ago when you told me about it. <laughs> yeah, close. I mean, it's been in early access for a while. Um, oh, okay. But we just uh, officially had some reviews of it uh, dropped. So. Because um, it officially released, yeah, on September 28th. Yeah, th- this this calendar week. So um, this is a, a Disney free-to-play kart racer. Scored a 65 on Nintendo Switch, a 74 on PS5, and a 71 on Xbox Series X. It is unscored on PC, PS4, and Xbox One, but it is coming to those platforms as well. Uh, we're actually going to be checking this out on our bonus episode um, for deluxe Patreon producers because it is um, free-to-play. And I bet it's kind of silly. <laughs> I bet it's a little kind of goofy. I mean, goofy, mini, Buzz Lightyear, oh, um, probably okay. Mickey. Um, I mean, what other Disney characters? Sully is in the is in the cover art there. Um, Mulan is in it, I see, okay. in the background. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to use all my expertise having just been to Disney World. I'll be yeah. able to tell you all about this game. Oh, The Beast, um, uh, Woody, Belle. Is, have you seen Pinocchio, the movie? Is that a Disney movie? Uh, I think so. When okay. you wish upon a star. Oh, is that from that movie? Makes no difference. Yeah, that's from that movie. Because, spoiler alert, I finished Lies of P this this morning. <laughs> and and then when you, um, when you when you beat it, does but by morning, were you up all night? Uh, no, I, I was up until about midnight working on it, and then I got to to the area literally in front of the final boss. And I knew that it was the area in front of the final boss. And so on my lunch break today, um, I sat down and, and, and grinded out. It was actually there were two final bosses. Oh, there were like two, two forms. bosses left. Quite before before um, you, yeah. like, did you, were you in a whale at any point? No, oh, you get inside a uh, submarine. Like a, like a whale-like submarine? It's, and it's got like, like a whale painted on it. That's pretty cool. Is that a part of Pinocchio? Yeah, you get eaten by a whale. You find, you gotcha. find your, your father in the whale or something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. So apparently, like from people who are familiar with Pinocchio, it's like, like every single detail is like about like the original story. I don't think it's about like the Disney version or whatever. But I was asking Elena because she has seen it at the very least. I was like, hey, <laughs> does this character murder this character in the Disney movie? <laughs> She's like, no, <laughs> no, I does, don't think so. <laughs> does your nose get bigger? Do you use it as a weapon? That's like your. So the nose. This is actually kind of cool. Um, the nose basically you can as as you lie more. Um, there's a painting of you that you put up in the hotel, the like central hub area. That every single time you tell a lie, you go back to, and their nose is growing out of the painting. I don't like that. And then and then also, it, someone on Reddit found this that it uh, your shadow has the nose on it, 
And no. so the more you lie, the longer the nose is in your shadow. No, thanks. Um, so if we can move on from Disney Speedstorm, I want to talk about Lies of P. All right, let's move on to some Lies of P. I was very excited to have finished it today so that I could talk to you about it. Okay. Because Justin. Yeah. I think I love this game. <gasps> love? I really, lo- I really, really, really liked Lies of P. Wow. Came out of nowhere for me. I had like, my expectations were like basically zero. Like I knew I was going to play a little bit of it because it was going to be on Game Pass, but I got it a little early and I played it for that like first weekend. I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and then was like, okay with like putting it down. By the way, I, I was like a fifth through the game when I was like, yeah, I think I'm getting towards the end. <laughs> um, it is, it's pretty long. Yeah, there's uh, a lot left on his upgrade tree here. Yeah, I played it for about 40 hours. Oh. Yeah, with the upgrade tree, it was like, oh shit, and you get through that whole thing. Um, it's a good game, man. It's really good. Now, what, when, when did the, uh, not the, when did the, when did you turn? When did you turn from it just being okay to it being really effing good? Um, there is an area that you get to where it's like about the halfway point of the game where you fight the puppet king or something like that. And it's a giant puppet. Um, and you fight it in this giant like ballroom essentially. Um, and I mean, spoilers for this two phase boss fight. The second phase is Romeo, the puppet. Um, and he, he breaks through the, the puppet king and it is a, the first it's, there's a lot of these two phase boss fights where like you deplete the enemy's health bar the full way. And like, then it starts again. You know what I mean? Like, and it basically completely changes form. And they're like, there's a lot of them and they are very challenging, especially because like that second phase is usually like really, really hard. And to get to the second phase, you have to like redo the first phase every single time, which can be a little frustrating, you know? Um, but I think that for the most part, the two phase bosses are designed so well that it, um, really makes up for it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, you, yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily mind that I'm having to re redo a lot of these fights because like, they're really good. Um, even though like I took a video of like the first time I got through to the second phase of that fight. Um, I was like, all right, here we go. And literally in one second, <laughs> the boss killed me. Like, literally like it's like cutscene ended and it starts in like one second and I'm dead. <laughs> uh, so, so like it was frustrating, but it, it has those moments that I, I found very similar to be like in Sekiro where like, I was like brought to my knees where I'm like, I hate this. Maybe I'm done. Maybe I'm just done. But I was like, I can do it. Yeah. And you know, with with enough practice and time, like you, you get through it, you know? Um, but it was, it was around there. Cause that's just like a super excellent fight. It's at the end of a super excellent area. Um, the story I, I thought was kind of laughable at first, but it eventually like does sort of get really good. It's really emotional at the end, man. Like, uh, like I felt a lot of things for this little puppet boy that's or maybe he was human i don't know aren't we all a little puppet a little human a little that's human. what it made me feel like yeah. i was like wow yeah. maybe i'm maybe i'm just like this puppet except sometimes we pull our own strings you know it's what I mean? so true yeah it's so true um, who's, who's who are the people pulling the strings you know what i mean these are all <laughs> excellent questions um yeah can you do me a favor can i can you, do you any favor oh thank you can you rank this um towards the other souls born games yeah i let me say this this might be um this may be like like uh i might be burned at the stake for this i liked this better than bloodborne i i I thought this was a lot of fun um in a way that i I, bloodborne was fine i liked it i enjoyed it but like i don't think about it in the way that everyone is always thinking about bloodborne apparently um (laughs) 
How, how, is, is this like the Roman Empire? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think about, yes, men, they either are thinking about Roman Empire bloodborne at any given time. Um, but me, I'm, I'm more Eliza P in, in Greek, Greek Empire, yeah, not Empire, yeah. Greek people. Um, so it, but um, better than Bloodborne, yeah, but I would say it's better than Bloodborne. I think Dark Souls 3 is probably better than this, which means Elden Ring is better than this, which means Sekiro is better than this. Oh, Sekiro made it to number one. I would say Sekiro has made it to number one, yes. Wow. Wow. That's pretty, that's um, pretty cool. Because also, so like a lot of people uh, complained that this game was too hard. And one, one of the stories we have here is that um, the patch 1.2 um, makes the game a lot easier, apparently. I must have downloaded it at some point during my time with this game. Um, basically, it, it just... It, makes the bosses it gives them a little bit less health um it expands the stagger window for a lot of the bosses when when they go down um which just makes things a lot easier um which i like i I don't know if i noticed necessarily because i was playing and leveling up pretty consistently like throughout this whole thing you know what i mean um i did find that maybe the second half of the game was a little bit easier than the first half of the game um like the final boss uh the final two bosses rather um I beat in about three or four tries each, which oh. was not the case with with like the Puppet King that I was telling you about. That was yeah. like two full hours of my life, you know, um, or even um, there's a the boss. The third to final boss is named like Laxaria or something like that, Laxaria or something like that. And um, that kicked my ass for like two hours, you know, um, but I, I think it's just like the movesets and whatever um, I, I was were a little bit easier for me to follow for those last two bosses. What I'm trying to say is like, I really liked how challenging this game was. And I've seen a lot of people saying that they don't like how challenging it is. Um, but I think it's just a different skill set than, than dark souls. Uh, if that makes sense. I gotta say um, the fact, the fact that you're saying it's like, you take a lot of time to get through it. I think we can both agree here that you're like two times better at video games than me at the bare minimum. <laughs> I, like I'm, I'm good with these sorts of games just because I like know the language of them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm thinking about the struggles I have with some of these bosses in the in the Soulsborne games, and I'm just like, oh mm-hmm. god, your your four times for the final boss would take me years. Yeah, I was I was messaging um, one of the people I work with because I tweeted about how I beat it today, and I was like, why am I gonna cry at <laughs> like, <laughs> this fucking Pinocchio game? Um, and he he was messaging me about it. He's like, dude, the final boss is so hard. How'd you beat it? And I was like. Like pretty, like I, I didn't say it like this, right away. Like pretty easily, yeah, like <laughs> it was like, like fifteen minutes. Like by uh, hitting it, I mean, <laughs> uh, dodge the attacks and whatever. Um, but I think that like so a lot of people have have said that this game is a little too hard, and I, I don't necessarily agree. I think that like it's about learning patterns, right? And it's about like learning the language of a game. And I do like I do agree that yes, it is a potentially pretty obtuse. But I, I've saw a lot of people saying like, you know, I beat Elden Ring six times, I beat Dark Souls four, three, you know, nine times or whatever. And like, here's the deal with that though: Dark Souls and Elden Ring are difficult games. Yes, that is true. They are generally difficult games, but they're not actually. They like like yes yes they require skill to play and and whatever. But it's more like the difficult part of those games for me is like the knowledge. But like, what is going to do well in this fight? What sort of stats should I be leveling up? What sort of, you know what I mean? Like that sort of stuff I think is the thing that makes it actually difficult because if you don't know how to deal with those things, if you don't know how to make a build and your character and whatever, you're going to have a harder time than someone who's going in blind, right? But like I ran through Dark Souls 3 um, in like 20 hours, uh, you know, two months ago um, just because I knew the language. You know, I played it before, yeah, but that was, you know, six years ago. <laughs> you know, like, like it's not like, um, I'm not, I'm not trying to say they're easy, but I am trying to say that like, 
a game like this or a game like Sekiro are different because um, yes, this Liza P has a lot of those things that Dark Souls has where, you know, you're changing your stats and, you know, you're building your character and whatever. But Sekiro, you have to get through one way, right? You can't level yourself up to win the fights. Like, yes, you can cheese certain fights if you want to, I guess. But like for the most part, like you're going to have to just beat it the way the game is asking you to beat it. Liza P does a similar thing. There are a lot of fights that like, yeah, you just are going to have to parry your way through. And like, that is just how you have to do it by beating it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think. So I, I would say this is hard, but yeah, I don't know. I think I, I, I going back to this debate that, that's been like debated to death about should there be like an easy mode or should there be difficulty settings? And I, I have think I have fully turned to the uh, idea of, yes, there should be in these games mm-hmm. um, because look, what does it hurt? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying that there oh, shouldn't I, be. No, 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 I, yeah, no, yeah. I know, but, like, it's, like, one of those things that I think all of these points would be moot points if you could select from the beginning to the end what your difficulty was. And, like, the, the perfect example would be, like, Jedi Survivor, um, how when you choose, they show exactly what each of the difficulty levels does to change like mm-hmm. your character, whether what the parry window is, how much damage you can do, all that kind of stuff. And I don't think it cheapens the game. And I still think some of those fights were, were moderately difficult if you were on an easier setting um, yeah. and stuff like that. You still have to learn patterns, but um, it just allows you to play the game and enjoy the game because while you could still be that person like, yeah, I beat the game without putting it on easy, you can do that with any video game and you can still have that kind of like thing. And I just feel like if you're holding it back, like this is a super hard game, and only super good, talented people can beat it. Like, why? Like, why? Why? Right. Like, you? I, I don't know. I, I I just feel like a patch like this that fixes some of this stuff to make it easy. I think that's cool. Easier. I think that's cool. But like, what about like? Why can't you just keep a difficulty setting then? Couldn't you just have? Because that's the thing. That's the thing too. Like, it, what you're saying is, I think this. I would have loved if at the beginning of this game it does have gives you three options, right, or two, or whatever, right? Like. Because then you can still have the pa- like the patterns and like learning that sort of stuff, even on the easier mode. It's just that you have more time to learn it. Yeah. I know that I'm a crazy person and that when I got killed in one second by that second phase boss fight, I was like, time to go again. That is not how everyone reacts when they're killed in one second. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like yeah. where it's like, what was I supposed to do about that? I know that that's not who everyone is, right? Um, but I am saying that I just find that people who are like, oh, I beat Dark Souls seven times. I'm like, eh. I, I bet the first time was really hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then after that, you knew it. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, that that is a way that a lot of people are saying. And so, Liza P is bad, and it's too hard. And it's like, no, you just got to get down with the patterns, you know, uh, and and figure out how the game works. But um, I really liked it. I liked it way more than I thought I would. I got emotional at the end. Um, I really liked a lot of the character stories that happened. Um, if I was playing this on PS5, I probably would platinum it. Oh, I was pretty close. I, I'm not playing on Xbox. What but I got like eighty percent of all the pl- the trophies. What are some of the ones you missed? Are they like replay the game again, or is it like you so? Did- I would have to. I think I would have to replay it. Um, minimum. So uh, I think I would have to replay it at least once. Okay. Um, it's because there are three endings. I got the good ending. There's like the true ending, the good ending, and the bad ending. Um, I think you could save, you scum your way into getting the bad ending and the good ending in one run. 
and then you have to do a replay, I believe, to get the true ending um, and complete all the things that are necessary there. And then I missed, um, I didn't get all the weapons, all the regular weapons. I got all the boss weapons, but I didn't get all the regular weapons. And then there were two quest lines that I didn't finish, uh, I guess. How many umbilical cords did you have to eat to beat this game? Um, none, but you do end up getting <laughs> weird stuff. I'm trying to remember. There is like weird. You end up. It is in the spirit of Bloodborne. Let me say that. Okay. <laughs> There's right. some weird shit going on in there. All right. All right. Um, good game. Liza P. Li- Can't talk about it enough. Uh, Liza P. On my g- list of games I'm going to try but not beat this year, I would assume. That's the thing. Justin, you could play that game for an hour on Game Pass and like get it and then be out you know what i mean i mean i doubt it's gonna be better than redfall so i mean that's already like on my top five so (laughs) yeah you know i i did like it a little bit better than redfall what i really liked about redfall um was the way that you were swimming through the floor (laughs) that was that's and you can't do that in to pee i mean Um, come on come on yeah if you look really closely but you 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 won't see it but um justin can i talk about the other game that i've been playing this week yeah sure i had a lot of time for video games i'm sorry and it's been a light news week so i'm just gonna talk here you're doing great Chance of Senar. Have you heard of, heard of this game? Yeah, you get the right idea. That's basically what it is. Is it really? Yeah. So, so uh, real quick Metacritic roundup here. This game came out on uh, September 5th, so we're about a month late to this. Um, it scored uh, 84 on PC, 83 on Nintendo oh, Switch. Damn. 78 on PS4 and um, not scored on Xbox One. But it is available on everything. Uh, this is so my shit i'm gonna tell you about this game justin and i imagine you are gonna be like no thanks but you're gonna totally get that why it's my thing so basically you are in the tower of babel essentially okay are you familiar with the tower of babel yeah yeah yeah. so you're in the tower of babel and it is your job to translate (laughs) all of the different languages that are going on around you okay so you end up so you basically you start on like the bottom floor and there's like four or five different like cultures of people who live um who live in the tower and basically you like go floor to floor um and like they're these huge areas and basically you you are not given any like english text to read in terms of like what they're saying you have to piece together what all of their language means and like their sentence structure and syntax and stuff like that um it's amazing i think this sounds like an interesting puzzle game it is very, I've heard it, the reason I bought it is because, I'm playing on PS4, by the way, or PS5, really, but um, the reason I bought it is because I heard them talking about it on the Nextlander podcast, and I saw the zero punctuation about it, and they basically both said, like, this is like kind of like Return of the Oberdin, and I was like, well, that's my, that's <laughs> my shit. Me, you had me at Return of the Oberdin. <laughs> yeah, it's the last thing you said, so I'm glad you said it, but like, you got me, you know. Um, it is, because it, it is very, it's just like, figure it out, you know. And and it's really interesting because basically once you have translated from one culture and you move to the next area, like you will get a little bit of hints because sometimes you'll find like a sign that's written in both the language of the people before and the people who you're going to. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you can directly translate. But their sentence structures are going to be totally different. So, for example, um, the place I'm in right now, and this is, I guess, like I'm a, like a spoiler, but like you got this. The, the punctuation... Um, is at the beginning and at the end of the sentence but so basically but so like you don't know that it's just a character right and so if there is a question there's gonna be the character at the beginning and at the end but it looks like all the other characters so i had to figure out like oh they're asking me something 
You know what I mean? Um, or like you'll, you'll run into a character who says like, I really like music. Do you like music too? And so you go like, oh, you said music in there twice. You said like twice. You, you change the first, you, you change like the word the, you and I, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's about like logic and logicking it all out. And um, basically what happens is you're writing it all down in a notebook. And every single time you get a new character, um, you're able to leave a note to yourself about what you think the character might be. And then when you experience that character out in the world, your note will show up and you can basically translate on the fly. Um, and so you can sort of like shift, like, like work different things in and out of like these conversations and whatever else. Um, and then on top of that, like when you have get, when you have a bunch of information, basically you will open your notebook up automatically and you'll draw in an idea and you will be able to slot in, you'll draw in like three different ideas. So you'll have like, uh, the first thing that you do is open, shut and door. And so basically once you have complete, once you've done a little bit of a puzzle to figure out like what the mechanics of what you're learning are, you'll open the notebook and then it has a door, a picture of a door. It'll have a picture of a door that's open. It'll have a picture of a door that's closed. And then you will be able to slot in to those three slots, the three characters that you have for open, shut and door. And then once you have it correct, it cements it in. And then that information is always translated whenever you read it from then on out. Does that make sense? And then do you have to, does it automatically like slot it in or do you have to kind of like find a way to input it to slot it in? So that's the, that's the part of that you're doing is like you are slotting them in to be like, okay, I know that I have the information to translate sun, moon, and uh, like compass or sun, moon, and telescope, right? I know that I have those characters in here and I have been given through the game enough context to understand what those are, but I have to figure out what they are. Got it. Got it. By talking to people, by reading notes, by looking at like signs on the wall, stuff like that. So is there a method of trial and error to beat some of these puzzles or is it like you have to like get it correct? For the most part, you got to get it correct. Okay. Okay. Because you have, you have too many variables to really like slot things in randomly towards the end. Once you've like completed a, a full like culture alphabet, like if you've got three slots left, you can just like, yeah, you get cheese power it. through it then, but yeah. But also at that point, you know yeah. because you start to recognize it and you start to like really put it together. Yeah, it's amazing. I I love it. It's it's so good. Um, have you played The Witness? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did when it came out. I, I had it on like Xbox Gold or something like that. Yeah, and I was in college. I remember and I tried to play it, and then um, I didn't get it. And so I was just looking up every single puzzle and I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, like literally playing with a guide open just like, yeah. but is that, is it like this? No, no. It just seems like the witness is very much kind of like trial and error, kind of like understanding the puzzles and the language of the puzzles to a certain extent. Um, but like, I think the thing that got me about the witness was when it gets too heady, like at a certain point you, the puzzles become instead of just the puzzle boxes, they become the world in a way that kind yeah. of breaks your brain. This one, it seems like it's much more achievable and attainable because it's based on literal language that you're trying to solve. Um, yeah. So I don't know. This seems interesting to me. Like this seems like a game that like I would like to do. Um, how long have you played it so far? So I've played it for four hours, according to my save data. And I got a trophy saying that I have solved half of all of the words in the game. Okay. So I'm imagining it's about eight hours. All right. Eight to nine, right? All right. Um, I love it. I, I like, it's, it's great. 
uh, and, and it's just really fun when you start to figure out like, what are you asking me? <gasps> Wait a second. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like you have those like really big brain moments that are really great. Could you theoretically like start the game once you've beaten the game and like understand the language and like rush through it? Um, yeah, probably. I mean, uh, yes and no. Like I couldn't recognize the characters like like the like the characters that they use to write because like that's not what I'm actually reading. Like I'm looking at the characters and being like, what does this one mean? And then once I get that down, like I'm only reading the English word oh, for okay, it. Okay, okay. But you, that make sense? you could per se like learn yeah, the language. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like like you could figure it out based on like the order that you learn things in. Like uh you you figure out like look for slash you like the word for like look for or to like seek um comes up a lot. And so like you could just remember like, oh, this I learned this character at this point. I know what this means. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is cool, though, too. Like, you know how we have different wor- certain words for us mean different things, right? Like. Isle and aisle aisle as in an island and aisle as in like a grocery store aisle. Those are two completely different words, but they're pronounced the same, written the same or they're not written the same. But you know what I'm saying? They have a lot of those sorts of there are a handful of things like that in this game where it's like um, certain words have two meanings, you know, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, and like trying yeah. to figure out like how to deal with that or um, really it, it, figuring out sentence syntax is really interesting. For example, the place I'm in right now, um, the object of the sentence comes first, comma, subject of the sentence, rest of the sentence. Insane. Or like it, they, it will always be like if there is, you know, um, Peter's phone, it will be written the phone of Peter. Hmm. Always. And so, like, having to figure out the sentence syntax is really, really challenging. And because you are trying to figure out, like, what are you asking me? You know what I mean? Like, like why? What is this word? Why is this word at the beginning? It's weird, you know? Yeah. But it's really cool. And and it's, like, it's so nerdy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And it's just so nerdy. Um, but it's totally up my alley. Um, it is not as good as Return of the Oberdin, in my opinion. Um, because I think that game is just phenomenal on every front. Um, but I am still enjoying it thoroughly. One of the rare games where the user score seems to be higher than the critic score. Oh, yeah. Look at that. 90 over uh, 84. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, dang. I get it. I've, who made this game? Um, uh, I, I can't read their name. I need to play the game to understand Focus Entertainment. Oh, oh, that's yeah, pretty thank funny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I think you, um, you... Oh, they published it. But. You sold me, and it's on Nintendo Switch, and uh, yep. your boy needs a game to fall asleep to. Oh, this will do it. <laughs> this will totally do it. Um, like, I think the like only two o'clock the in the only, afternoon. <laughs> the only part I don't like about it is that you have to use the keyboard, the native keyboard to to type your thoughts in. It's oh, like, you know what I mean. So like I like when I heard about this, it was like, oh, you should play this on PC because you just type. Oh, okay. But I uh, don't want to play on PC. I wonder if it's you a touch screen like, play for them. Switch. If it's a touch. Oh, I bet. I bet it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but hey, so there you go. That's sweet. chance of Senar. Yeah, I've got you. You played some more Starfield. You want to talk about that at all or just more of that? So. I don't know, man. I I'm to the point where I've played it more. I've played enough of the main mission to get a little bit further to that point where you're talking about where you get the three options to like go to these three places. Mm-hmm. Um, follow the guy with the cowboy hat, did a couple things. I, I de-escalated a um, I de-escalated a uh, standoff outside of a bank. I made the the bank robbers stand down by being a little aggressive and then nice to them. Uh, and now I'm going to uh, my my dude's uh, family estate to try to find another 
artifact piece in order to go through it. And I think what I just told you and the way I just said it is way more streamlined and potentially interesting <laughs> than, how, than yeah. how the game got me to that point. And I don't know. I, it's just weird. I don't, I've never had this feeling before with a Bethesda game that it's just not that good. And I yep. really don't think it's that good. And the more I play, the lower it just keeps getting in my head. And I, I still want to see it through just a little bit. But as we've talked about death here, there are so many quality games out there. And this is a Game Pass game that I didn't pay for that I just don't see me sticking through to the end of it. And it's been something that I, you know, I've been kind of like thinking about, like, I'll give it a chance. I'll do what I have to do to, to get to where I want to. But it's just not, I don't think, a very good game. And I probably put another five hours into it um, since we we talked about it last. So yeah. at this point, I've probably played um, eight hours of game, five hours of menu. And I think I'm <laughs> to a point where I get it enough that yeah, I, it's dense, it's big, but I don't feel like I'm going to be rewarded for learning its systems in the right way. And yeah. the more I see about uh, Cyberpunk, Phantom Liberty, the more I'm like, oh, shit, do I want to play this game? Like, I Dude, that's really... The thing. That's the thing I've been like, am I about to go play Cyberpunk right now? Right, and, and I think the thing that really is doing it is that at least in Cyberpunk, all else fails, the combat's cool. How you can approach yeah. encounters is cool. Uh, there's some times in Starfield where I just feel like I'm hitting my head against these bullet sponge enemies and my little pistol is just like taking slivers off their health and it's just Com- not The combat's fun. not like fun. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's, it's like, it's like Fallout 4 combat, but if you took the vats out. Right. You know how, you know how like when you don't have like AP or whatever it is in, in Fallout 4, it's like don't fight. Right. It's just <laughs> like, like don't, don't do yeah, it. Yeah, it's just not, it's just not fun. And I don't feel like I'm scaling correctly, and I don't feel like my choices are that interesting. I think the world is interesting, and I think some of the writing of the story and the the what do they call that the um, the book of the game is interesting, um, but it's not being delivered in a way that is interesting enough or holding my attention enough. And I feel like I need to just stop trying to play the main mission and explore. But I also feel like if I do that, I'm not going to like have enough focus to really enjoy my game. So I don't know. It's just the more I play, the more disappointed I am. And I feel like I'm going to stop talking about it because unless I get a turnaround to the game at a certain point, if I keep playing it, I I just, I I don't know. It's, it's just very, very not good. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same place. I like, I, I'm pretty much done playing it. I think. Yeah. Uh, I've I've given it too many shots and there's a handful of other smaller stuff. I want to get a, try like i'll play venba <laughs> you know what I mean? or, or whatever else um and and yeah i uh i'm done sorry starfield i give you a try maybe, maybe who knows maybe i'll get really into you later but probably not they did have a, a large text option in the accessibility of the game mm-hmm. so it makes it really easy to play on my uh, backbone um how, oh that's nice however that's like all they have in terms of the accessibility oh, i did see that i saw yeah. grant stroner or, or whatever uh, i'm forgetting his name right now um he writes uh, he does an ex- accessibility column on ign and he basically says like this is like what have you done here yeah it's, like, pre- what it's, a, what a, it's pretty embarrassing for a lot of reasons and i feel like yeah. there's so much opportunity that they have but this game just feels it's te- it feels 10 years old and um just not great also, just my attention span is so dead at this point. Like, just I'm just so fried that like, 
it's all loading screens. So I'm just picking up my phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I know, like I'm, I'm such a like a child, but like, it, do we need a anim- it's just constant loading screens? Do we need an animation when you dock and undock? Do we need that? No, no, we don't. No, we don't. We don't. But Justin, you want to talk about the news? Let's do it. Relatively light news week this week, but there was something real big that broke um, last week here. Jim Ryan is stepping down from his role as the president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment uh, after 30 years. Um, He's not just stepping down. He's just fully retiring. Uh, He wrote uh, in a blog post on uh, SonyInteractive.com. I'm just going to read this to you because I think it's um, interesting. Here we go. Uh, So this is by Jim Ryan. As you will have seen today in the news, I have announced my retirement after nearly 30 years at Sony Interactive Entertainment. I did not take this decision lightly, and I absolutely love SIE and our community, but as of late, I find it increasingly difficult to strike the right balance between having my home in the UK and my job in the United States. As mentioned in the press release, I will continue my role as president and CEO until March 2024, effective until April 1st, 2024. Um, Hiroki to, uh, to, Toki, uh, excuse me, Hiroki Totoki will be appointed interim CEO of SIE while he continues his current role at Sony Group Corporation. I feel humbled um, at having the the opportunity to lead a company delivering products that touched millions of lives, from award-winning games to the incredibly immersive technical achievements delivered with PlayStation 5. I'm immensely proud of what we have achieved and am very optimistic for the future of Sony Interactive Entertainment. From my beginnings in Europe, it was clear that Sony had built something truly special. Generations later, I am still amazed by the excitement and passion of the PlayStation community. It is thanks to you that we've been able to keep innovating and delivering even greater experiences. Since 1994, Generations of gamers have inspired us to be better, to push the boundaries, and the results have been incredible. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think I, I, I think whatever you think of Jim Ryan, he obviously uh, was the head of uh, in, of Sony, CEO of, of their interactive entertainment division, at a time when Sony kind of took the console generation uh, over. I mean, it really did, like w- with him in the yeah. leadership position of it. Um, they've done a lot of stuff. I think they made a lot of businessy decisions that weren't like necessarily gamer focus, but all that resulted in making a lot of money for Sony and then being the market leader. And I think all that aside, all the wiggle room this company has with him at the leadership because of these decisions that they made, because of the um, kind of jump forward they have, I think it's it's great. I think the thing that excites me a little bit is he was never a ver- like a visual leader of Sony. He wasn't the kind of person who, when you see Jim Ryan on the screen, you're going to feel like he's going to communicate and tell you everything you need to know. It was just kind of like, he was a business guy being forced into the suit to be in front of people. Um, yeah. So maybe the next uh, CEO head of PlayStation is going to be more of a visible head, but also maybe not. Maybe they don't need that. Maybe they're not looking for that. Maybe they're going to continue to look for a person who has... Um, eyes on the business side of things maybe someone a little bit younger that has a little bit more uh connection with current gamers so it's just so funny how how, as much as sony is leading the market people hate sony (laughs) yeah it's interesting too like like what you said about like connecting with like people who play games like i don't really think 
like he might so I, I i could be wrong here but i don't get the feeling that like jim ryan plays a lot of video games i agree i agree whereas someone like phil spencer or someone like reggie at nintendo back in the day those people felt like they play video games do you know what i mean and, and are f- like super familiar with like the ins and outs of the actual games that are being published by by their teams you know what i mean whereas jim ryan again like what you're saying like he did a lot for that company i do not get that feeling uh, from um, yeah um so yeah so, so maybe whoever comes in next it will be a little bit more like that but also to what you're saying like they might not and that might just be not what they're looking for yeah i mean i don't know uh I, I I'm I'm looking. I kind of said things wrong. He came in as CEO in 2019. Who was the CEO before him? Do you remember? Wasn't it Yoshida? Yoshida was it? Uh, Shu, Shu, was it Shuhei? Shuhei? And he stepped down at that point. Um, yeah, and he's doing. The, he's leading their like indies or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I kind of misspoke about him bringing it up to the market leader. If anything, he's maintained it. Um, but that does kind of make sense with him being a little tone deaf towards the gamers because. He's not like I don't think the PS5 is known for being a gamer friendly thing, <laughs> you know, or even a, a consumer yeah. friendly console or system. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is not one of those things that there's a reason why he's leaving. I think this is something that it's just it's time for him to retire. I think the fact that he lives abroad but also works in the United States in the U.S. has to be a nightmare. Probably quite the drain <laughs> on him. Yes. Um, um. Yeah. But hey, you know. I don't I don't see this as as some big deal like I, I feel like I saw a handful of people as there are always are like trying to say that oh my gosh like you know what does this mean for Sony like I, I think that it's just a man is tired and ready to retire and like I think that's great <laughs> you know um, I hope and and selfishly I hope that someone that they pick someone who I'm excited to see when he shows up during or he or she or whoever when they, they show up during um, a press conference. You know what I mean? Whereas like Jim Ryan, when he shows up, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like his you know suit's what I'm literally taking the life away from him that he's just sucked, like kept into. He's, he's just dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but who knows? I'll be. It'll be interesting. It, it will be interesting to see where it goes from here. But we still have got like what six months with with him still. So, um, I imagine that that there's still some stuff for for him to announce, but. So there you go. Uh, speaking of Sony, though, they deleted any mentions of um, Knights of the Old Republic, the PS5 remake, uh, and has delisted the trailer for that game on YouTube. Um, this was spotted on some subreddits uh, earlier this week. Um, and basically, people said that like they deleted a lot of stuff about this, this game. We heard that it had some troubled development from a Bloomberg report, I think, last year. Um that they created like a proof of concept demo to show people um, within the studio or, or something like that. And, and it uh, was uh, not well received. And then after that, that they shifted some of their focus to different projects and, and that the thing is just dead in the water. Um, and so the deletion of this stuff doesn't look great for KOTOR, but um Sony spoke to Kotaku to talk about it and said in an email that the delist, the reason for delisting the trailer was over licensing issues. This is a quotation from them. As a part of normal business, we delist assets with licensed music when the licenses expire. They told Kotaku in an email, the only music in the trailer seems to be the main Star Wars theme, which is owned by Disney. So 
unclear what exactly uh, is actually happening behind the scenes here, but in my opinion, it does not look great for this remake. What do you think? Um, yeah, you know why a company doesn't renew a license to the fucking Star Wars theme song? Because they don't plan on making a fucking <laughs> Star Wars game, game anymore. Because, okay? because they don't want to spend money for the license anymore because the game like, is done, right? Yeah, like... <laughs> like this like, that is something that is just so like if you are making this game you would keep the damn star wars theme you would yes. keep that license active i think maybe they haven't killed it yet maybe or maybe there's still plans to maybe do it eventually but right now first of all we're not getting this game soon we're not they're not no. even going to be working on this game soon um so i do not believe that this game will be coming out in mm the near future this is gonna this is gonna go down with beyond good and evil um as being a game we hear about and whisper about and people are hoping is coming back except it never will come back this game is dead in the water you heard it here folks is this a ps6 game i don't even think so like i i think at a certain point oh, you think even i i would i would think that at a certain point if this is gets to the ps6 which is what 20 28 29 29 when that when that's going to come out i do not think that um disney is going to want star wars to be run by this company that is clearly having issues at this point i think they will pull out the if they're pulling out the damn license they're going to pull out the the property in general for them and i think they could find someone else to do this game. And if that's the case, starting again from square one, it's going to be something that's going to take a lot longer to be developed. Um, so yeah, maybe if the PlayStation 6 goes till uh, 2036, think of that. Think of that. 2036. I don't want to think about that. That hurts Thank me you. a little bit. But uh, I would imagine that maybe KOTOR Remake would come out then. But um, I don't know. I, I think this would be cool, but I don't think this is what people need. And I don't think this is clearly going to be made um, by Aspire. It's not aspiring to be anything right now. Nice, you got him. Thank I also you. think that, like, with a lot of stuff, I, I just worry right now with, like, how long games take to develop that, like, so many things are going to come out and feel just so instantly dated. You look at, like, Starfield, right? Um, I didn't realize this. Starfield was announced when I was uh, studying abroad in college. Like, <laughs> that was six years ago. <laughs> like, fully six years ago, I think. And um, it was probably in pre-development five. before then. Yeah. Though like Cyberpunk also was similar. Cyberpunk was announced when I was a freshman in high school. That's and, insane. And that like, game, <laughs> though some bumps along the way, um, is better than Starfield. Did you see the trailer uh, with Idris Elba for like the final trailer for the DLC where he ends it, but he's like he he like looks in the camera and he says at the very end of the trailer, um, "You've always known this. The game is fixed." And he shoots the camera. Have you seen this? And everyone's like, "That's." That's kind of ballsy that <laughs> they would end it like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like I worry that, that like a game like this, even like an RPG would come out and it, it's been worked on for, you know, we've known about it since 2021. Let's say it comes out in 2027. Let's say that's six years of development. That's like so behind. You know what I mean? You look at um, what's the Suicide Squad, Kill Justice League, like that game, like was announced in 2016 or has been working, been been in development since like 2016, 2017. And like that game looks like an old ass game because it's just like these games take so long. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if this is what people need. I don't know if this is what people want. Um, I'd play it, I guess, but did you co-tour? Have you co-toured? Nope. It was before yeah. my time. It's a, when I, it, it, 
interested in going back to it but i also heard like it's old game it's old tour you know what i mean <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh i got to um, the point i played where, mass effect one yeah I'm, I'm good. yeah i got to the point where i got a lightsaber and i was done at that point yeah but yeah there's just like it's from what it seems like just like a lot of like old game stuff and i'm sure it still is good for anyone who like played it originally but like for me coming at it for the first time i imagine it's yeah. a little not not what i want it to be but um epic games in the news a little bit there's a few different things first thing i want to hit is the uh inflation prices for v bucks um v bucks as any currency is going <laughs> to change with the times as inflation changes um and the prices are going up by about a dollar per thousand ish so um currently uh for a thousand v bucks it's 7.99 uh, it's going up to eight ninety nine uh, for five thousand. It's thirty one ninety nine going up for thirty six ninety nine. Um, so those are going up just about everywhere. October twenty seventh. Um, it's one of those things where like the prices of things are going up. Um, it's a nightmare because it feels like prices for a lot of stuff goes up incrementally, right? Like we've talked about the increased price of sushi. <laughs> And how we've that's how I've sort of noticed inflation in my life. You know, twenty dollars used to get you all you can eat. That's twenty seven. Right. That's a lot. Um, but it, it didn't happen to be twenty seven overnight. It was twenty two and then twenty four and then twenty six twenty now twenty seven. You know what I mean? Whereas with with stuff like this, like just having the immediate jump of like we are changing the prices now is always just a little tough. But uh, what do you what do you take for this? Um, I mean, everything's going to start to go up in a very sad way. Yeah. I feel like at a certain point, like uh, just where everything is going, things are just getting so, so expensive um, with every every line of work. Um, and, you know, get ready for your digital. How many how many digital subscriptions you have to to streaming stuff? Uh, just two. Okay, that's good. That's good. Those will go up soon, thanks to the, the, the everything that's happening with like the writer yeah. strike and the settlement. Because whenever a big company uh, has to like trim their margins down, they don't like that. They like to have their cushion. They're going to raise prices, and we're the ones who are going to have yeah. to deal with it. And I and think, I bet though that they're going to blame it. Uh, like the the production companies and stuff like that are going to absolutely be like, you you know, who you can thank for this the writer strike. And it's like, fuck you guys. Right. Like, right. Um, to the company, not to the writers, obviously. But the, the V-Bucks going up is interesting to me because clearly we're in a cost-cutting mode here at Epic because of the other news story about Epic. And that's the thing. About uh, 16% of all Epic employees were laid off. 16 is a pretty significant number for a company as big as Epic. That's about 900 to 1,000 people lost their jobs. Um, and uh, that's pretty significant, um, especially for the creators of Unreal Engine and Fortnite. To extremely profitable, um, or at least as it would seem, extremely profitable um, services, right? Uh, I want to read you this letter that Tim Sweeney, the CEO of Epic Games, uh, he sent a letter, a memo to all employees. I'm going to read this. Uh, again, I, I think it is it is important here. It says, hi, everyone. As we shared earlier, we are laying off around 16% of Epic employees. We're divesting Bandcamp and spinning off most of Super Awesome. Yeah, they um, they got rid of Bandcamp, which they bought, I think, last year. Um, for a while now, we've been spending way more money than we earn investing in the next evolution of Epic and growing Fortnite as a metaverse inspired ecosystem for creators. I had long been optimistic that we could power through this transition without layoffs, but in retrospect, I see that this was unrealistic. While Fortnite is starting to grow again, the growth is driven primarily by creator content with significant revenue revenue sharing. And this is a lower margin business than we 
had when Fortnite Battle Royale took off and began funding our expansion. Success with the creator ecosystem is a great achievement, but it means a major structural change to our economics. Um, later, he just says that, you know, it's tough to lay people off and, you know, um, look to leadership to help figure out what's, what the next chapter is. Um, and it says this, we're cutting costs without breaking development um, or our core lines of business so we can continue to focus on our ambitious plans. About two-thirds of the layoffs we uh, were in teams outside of core development. Some of our products and initiatives will land on schedule, and some may not ship when planned because they are under-resourced for the time being. We're okay with the scheduled tra- uh, with the schedule trade-off if, if it means holding on to our ability to achieve our goals, get to the other side of profit- profitability, and become a leading metaverse company. Um, what do you mean Fortnite is not profitable for you? What are you spending money on? Holy shit. Fortnite is the biggest game on the earth. Uh, maybe Minecraft, but Fortnite is the biggest game on earth. What are you, what are you guys spending money on? Um, and I know that they do more than Fortnite, obviously they like, and they they buy up all sorts of different things, but it, it is wild to me that it could get to the point where they are not, where they're not in the black, you know? So I, w- I would assume, and this is me, like, with a very, like, I took a class in grad school about marketing. Um, and wow, um, I know, I know. With a business expert here. <laughs> um, my, my thought would be that Fortnite is still making Fortnite money, um, mm-hmm. but everything else, when you're adding, like, um, increased revenue sharing um, and increased all that kind of stuff that they're doing with content creators and aren't, didn't they do something with uh, their the games list on the Epic Store? Um, aren't they, like, giving, like, a lot of money back to creators? Or am I, am I wrong with that? I don't know. I, I do know, though, that, like, if you use creator codes, there's a revenue split for some stuff. I don't know exactly how it works, but... Yeah, and I, I think part of this has to do not so much with Fortnite. Fortnite's still making bank. I checked some statistics, and in 2022, the game had its most profitable um, year, it looks like, at uh, over... Let me just get this number correct as I can get here. Um, in 2022, its revenue generated was over $6 billion. Um, this is according to DemandSage.com, a bunch of Fortnite statistics that they have. So that, to me, is a strong indicator that it's not necessarily Fortnite that's doing it. It's still been growing, but it's all the other stuff that they're doing as they're trying to expand their business because one of the unfortunate things about business is in order to expand and grow your business, you have to spend more and more money. And when you spend more and more money, you make fewer profits. And when you make fewer profits your overall like margins of profit go down and then you have to start laying people off. So I'm sure that most of these people who laid off could have been part of the hiring boom over the pandemic um, or they could be people who are not in essential products and it seems like they're still focusing on their Fortnite. It's their other projects that might see some delays to it because that's not what they're making the most money. They're making money from their content creators. They're making money from Fortnite. Um, So it's one of those just like, as a company grows like this, things shift and V-Bucks go up to keep revenue up and also they save money by cutting employees. And I know that's easy for me to say sitting here, not looking at the human side of it, but too often these businesses, when they get big enough, they are looking at numbers over people. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just one of the unfortunate, I guess the unfortunate side effects of success sometimes because as much as we want companies to be about the, the employees, employees are just numbers to most companies. Well, I think that's just that's the the worst part of this, too, is like Tim Sweeney, you know, what are you doing 
you know, what have you done to save people's jobs? You know, mm-hmm. um, where he's saying like, oh, I guess I was kind of misguided with my leadership before. Okay. And what sort of ramifications do you have for that? Other than maybe you, as you say, you feel bad that you had to lay people off. Um, I, I, and we've talked about this a lot on the, on the show and it, you know, it's not necessarily a one-to-one comparison, but still something to think about. Like the Wii U sold ter- terribly. Iwata cut his pay, what, in half? So that they could keep people around and not have to lay people off. Like, that's what I think a good leader does, you know? Um, but, yeah, I don't know. There's someone, there's a comment under this, though, that does say, explain in Fortnite terms. And um, you've got, let me read you a couple of these tweets here. The only available option is no build mode. <laughs> they no longer have the means to build. Um, the storm surge hits 16% of Epic devs and they're being banned from custom match because the lobby's full and they're giving way too many V bucks. However, they will still give them some V bucks and V bucks and redirect them to another streamer. They can still hit the gritty on customs. I didn't really understand all of it, but I mean, I it's, it seems like it seems like a Fortnite thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. Can I, can I give you some statistics? This is between Axios, Bloomberg, um, and, uh, Google search results, um, between those three things. Um, in 2022, uh, we had the net worth of Tim Sweeney at 7.6 billion or 7.4 billion. This is according to Axios. Mm. Um, And in 2023, in April of 2023, a year later, his net worth is now 4.7 billion, meaning that he lost lost 2.7 billion of his net worth. Mm. Now that means a lot of different things. That means a lot of whatever. Um, But like his net worth is not so much about like the stuff that you're holding in your your pocket. pocket. Yeah. Yeah, It's about markets and everything like that. Um, so clearly he's taking a hit and somewhere, somehow his gains are being impacted by these kind of things. And I think, uh, market experts looking at those numbers would say that there is going to be some kind of uh, reckoning at, at, um, Epic, which again is very unfortunate, um, for all those people there, but we're talking billions of dollars here, man. If I had like, I don't know, half a, half a percent of a billion so I bought a $2 lottery ticket for the, was it $2 billion? Yeah. Um, this was <laughs> like last, like October maybe, maybe a year ago. And uh, I spent about one full hour of my time sitting on my porch thinking about what I would do with $2 billion. <laughs> just thinking, just sitting there, just thinking. <sighs> I was just like, I could, I could, I would be... I would be like Batman, but like a lot less weird about it. I would just be going around and like, hey, you need two thousand. If I gave you two thousand dollars, you a stranger on the street, would that help your life? Here is two thousand dollars. Yeah, I do. You know it. What I mean, I like, do it. Like, Mr. Beast, me, make, please come at me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Fall Guys, though, they were bought by Epic a few years ago. Um, not Fall Guys. Sorry, Mediatonic, creators of Fall Guys, also published what's that game that you were just talking about before we started recording? Uh, Murder by Numbers, Mediatonic. Um, has also been hit by some some pretty significant layoffs because of this. Um, there were rumors saying that the entire studio was closed. That is not the case, but it seems to be a pretty small skeleton um, crew of people who are who are still working on Fall Guys. Um, although Epic Games said to Eurogamer.net that Mediatonic's work on Fall Guys continues to be a company priority, um, which makes sense because Fall Guys is um 
continues to be hot shit. <laughs> I, I know like on Twitch, it is still huge and I know a lot of people still play it. Um, I also know that it does still have that big appeal for like kids and stuff like that because I believe it is free to play now. Um, but yeah, it, it is, uh, um, it's rough to, to hear that, that that's going on, especially for a game that is so successful and is still so relevant. Um, but um, go. to be fair, Fall Guys, it's ple- peak players in August of 2020. Um, I'm yep. assuming that's when it was released. Yep. Uh, this is according to SteamCharts.com. Its peak players was 172,000, um, and it's aggressively gone down. Um, and it's now, for the past year, it's been hovering under 10,000. Let's take a look here. Jeez, I just went to Twitch.tv, and some of the things that are on this front page are absolutely insane. What? Are you a video game? <laughs> Why are they allowed to just show this? Anyway, I'm there's some graphic stuff here. Um, how do I? Is it like back shaving search? videos? Is it what? Back shaving, like you take a razor and a hairy back, and you. No, it's um, there are some backs in this JPEG here. I'm trying to. What am I looking up here? Um, Fall Guys. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah. Okay. Currently, you know, there's. Hey, this isn't huge right now, obviously. 2,200 viewer, viewers right now for Fall Guys. Um, so I guess that's not huge, but it still has a community, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it still has an, enough active players, but like, I, I feel like gaming was one of the few uh, places that during the pandemic grew, if anything. Um, I mean, we're seeing a lot of the, we're reaping a lot of the benefits of all of our delays and stuff in 2023 with the awesome games that are coming out right now. Um, but I think once you start to have people return to work and have regular workflows again, I, I'm assuming that a lot of this stuff is residuals from those, those pandemic hiring booms, which is scary to think about because again, we can look at these numbers all, all, all day long, but like it, these are people, these are games. This is like right now, this is a good year in games, but what's the future going to be like when things get more unrealistic and they're expecting more and more money from all these games. Um, let me, let me, I'm trying to figure out how to Google this. Um, fall guys, body yep, pillows. Rule um, so 34. this is a, this is a great article on the gamer, um, titled 2023 has been a horrible year for gaming by Stacy Henley. Um, and right off the bat, it, it just gets into what that headline is by basically saying 2023 has been a great year for video games. Yeah, I know. Forget the headline for a second, right? I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Just three months after The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom launched one of the highest Metacritic review scores of all time, Baldur's Gate 3 beat it by a point. We've had a remake of the best horror game ever made, Resident Evil 4, which somehow managed to improve on the original. We're in the midst of enjoying Starfield. We're in full, still full swing from Street Fighter, Metroid Prime, Sea of Stars, Final Fantasy, Armored Core, Dead Space, Spider-Man, blah, 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 blah. Um, we're so sick of good games that we decided Diablo 4 is terrible. It's been a good year for video games. A great year. A challenger to the likes of 2020, 2013, and 1998 as best ever. But it's been a bad year for gaming. Um, they just speak specifically here about like the cost on what it has been for devs has just been immense, you know, in terms of layoffs every other <laughs> every other week, right? Um between Unity and EA, they write here, Kotaku reports that 1,600 employees were laid off. Um, that is a lot. For Axis, Take-Two, CD Projekt Red, Riot, FaZe Clan, 
have cut down their their employees. Embracer has had all sorts of major layoffs across all of their studios. Um, yeah, it, it is one of those things that like you're right, right? We we've talked about this with a lot of the layoffs that you know these. Um, hiring booms from the pandemic of like, you know, work was a little bit cheaper because it was um, so much stuff was remote and whatnot, but there's been that band, that band aid, uh rubber band curve sort of swinging backwards, but yeah, it's rough. It's never great. Yeah. I think um, ultimately uh, the only games that are going to survive are the big, 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 big companies and the big, 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 big properties right now. Um, yeah. And that's the scary thing. And, you know, I, I don't think that's a healthy environment <laughs> for gaming in general. So no, pre- and I don't think it breeds innovation, right? No. Like, no, why are we getting so many remakes and remasters? Because they're safe and because people know that you're going to buy, you know, whatever remaster Starfield is a critical and financial success and it is uh, a below average game. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It, it, it's, it's a completely safe bet right yeah like all of the big like i'm not trying you know there have been some great innovative games that i've been really into this year but all of those are going to be smaller games right yeah like legends out of tears of the kingdom was not a was not a gamble <laughs> you know what i mean like like why did that game get the funding it did i bet because it was the sequel to breath of the wild <laughs> have you heard of it you know <laughs> um it, it, spider-man th- like that's going to be a bit that's a big game but it's going to be pretty i imagine pretty similar to the first one you know just because it's a sequel and they're just doing more of that and that's great because i like that and that's not necessarily bad but like are you going to innovate you know how do you how do we get to a place where where games are going to feel really new and really exciting again you know yeah yeah um i don't know i'm worried i'm worried but you know just enjoy the year while we have it yeah just know that we're still waiting on um skull and bones so are you (laughs) (laughs) yeah bated breath yeah i'm 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 of course i'm i'm waiting Hollow Knight Silk Song. When's that coming? <laughs> what What is... how? Like, I'm not saying making video games is easy, obviously, but what could possibly be taking them so long? Um, They're a small team, though, right? I team think Sherry? so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They're probably... I'm obviously, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just, like, positing, like, what's going on? I think they just there? keep playing Hollow Knight, and they're like, this game's really fucking good. <laughs> I can't imagine what the pressure of that is, though, right? Of, like, how do you make a follow-up to a game that is so beloved like that? Yep. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot. So there you go. That does it for this episode of Hitbox, Hitbox. Podcast. The only the only gaming podcast. Did you know that? I, the there's there's a lot of, lot of other a uh, lot of other people try. They just can't. They don't they don't stick through it. They don't they don't stay here. They don't keep going. They don't keep fighting through. You know what it is? They can't schedule it. For you and me. We got nothing going on. Yeah, we are. We are, our <laughs> lives are just empty. We're just waiting. When I am finished what, recording I'm this, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna sit there and just be like, any minute now, week the next week will be here and I'll get to record again. Does that ever happen to you though? Where like I guess this is just because I always come up with the intro where I'm like something will happen. And I'm like I gotta remember this. <laughs> and then I never. I rarely do. <laughs> Rarely do. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was going to talk to you about the Toy Story uh, uh, game, football game on Disney Plus in Andy's Dude, playroom. what is that? What Did is that? I saw a trailer for that. What the fuck they, is they that? They literally took a, a football game with real-life fucking players, and they replaced the p- players with digital toys that Why? played the football <laughs> game that you got to watch them, like, sometimes, like, clip through the football <laughs> And like, why? What is I, the point to of this? get kids to watch an un- incomprehensible football game? I think kids like football. 
Emperor Zerg was there at the halftime show, and you had real NFL players being like, oh, we got Zerg coming at the halftime, better run. <laughs> I think kids like football. Football's great. <laughs> yeah, but like, they also like Toy Story, you know? Do kids still like Toy Story? I don't know. Uh, I guess they're making more. They're always fucking making these movies. I know. I know. They're just going to keep doing it. You want to talk about safe bets, though, huh? Toy Story 5? They're doing that. Yeah. Where do they didn't go from the here? Fourth one. I don't know. Didn't catch I didn't catch the, I don't watch them. <laughs> Why? There's been literally like four endings to like the Toy Story saga. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The, the second one, Toy Story 2 was a great ending. And then it was like, okay, let's actually end it with Toy Story 3. And then that was the ending. And then why do you need more? And we're going to do it again. One more time. One more time. One more, one more again. One yeah. more again. Uh, that's it for Hitbox episode number 162. Join us on Discord. The link to that is in the description of this episode. We would love to see you there. You can also join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jane Noll, like Dave Parker. And you can join us for our bonus episode. Again, we're playing, was it Disney Dreamlight Valley? What is this game? <laughs> no, what, no, what is the game called? Disney, Disney Speedstorm. Speed <laughs> What's Dreamlight Valley? Did I make that up? No, no that's, that's, a that's the other oh, Disney one. Oh, that's the Harvest one. Moon thing, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or not Harvest Moon. Uh, yeah. Um... We're playing that. We're going to talk about that. I'm, I'm going to be interested to, to get my hands on the old Disney speed store. Yeah, I'm going to be going to be the coolest new character that's not behind a paywall, and I'm going to be racing people. Do you, okay, I've got a question. Do you think Oswald the rabbit will be there? Highly doubt it. If Oswald the rabbit's in it, then I will. Oh, it's going to be a good game. Yeah. Do you think Briar Rabbit's going to be there? Do you think winnie the pooh will be there and i'll be wearing like a cool racing helmet that's like shaped like a honeypot do you think jiminy cricket's gonna be there and he's so small you can't even see him it'll be just like in liza p just like in liza p the only thing i don't like about liza p is jiminy cricket he fucking sucks yeah (laughs) he sucks so bad probably (laughs) anyway um we're doing that on the patreon (laughs) so three dollars a month you can hear us talk more about that uh if not all good follow twitter at hitbox pod rate the episode in your podcast player of choice that's all i got justin am i forgetting anything i can't seem to find any good pictures of fall guy body pillows on the internet a lot of other um a lot of other when you type in fall guys body pillow the operative word there i think is guys and i cannot find the fall guys Fall Guys body pillow. There are some. Is that the pink one? Yeah, the really stretchy one. I think it's a like a, a drawing oh, someone that's drew. That's not real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's a body um, pillow oh, with I a see. carrot on a on a chair. I see what you're saying about the fact that there are some body pillows, but not necessarily for Fall Guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we will catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>